Hi, this is Colleen McGee from the Fort Riley Public Affairs Office bringing you another episode of Fort Riley, the podcast. Today's story is one of about 20 lives that have changed, about people who moved to America, joined the Army, and now are becoming citizens of the nation they chose for themselves and their families. For some, the journey was long in both distance and time, and this citizenship ceremony is the culmination of a lot of hard work and persistence. Listen into the ceremony and learn what it takes for each soldier to become a U.S. citizen. At this time, the government moves that the oath of allegiance be administered to the prospective citizens of the United States and that all petitions for name change be granted. The motion is granted as well as the petition for name change. Uh, will the new citizens please rise and I will administer the oath. You will please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I state your name. Hereby declare on oath. Hereby declare on oath. I absolutely and entirely renounce. Absolutely and entirely renounce. And abjure all allegiance. And abjure all allegiance. To any foreign prince, potentate, state, or sovereignty. To any foreign prince, potentate, or sovereignty. Of whom or which I have heretofore been a subject or citizen. Been a subject or citizen. That I will support and defend. That I will support and defend the Constitution and laws of the United States of America. The Constitution and laws of the United States of America. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That I will bear true faith and allegiance. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. To the same. That I will bear arms. That I will bear arms. On behalf of the United States when required by law. On behalf of the United States when required by law. That I will perform non-combatant service. That I will perform non-combatant service. In the armed forces of the United States when required by law. In the armed forces of the United States when required by law. That I will perform work of national importance. Under civilian direction. Under civilian direction. When required by law. When required by law. And that I take this obligation. And I take this obligation. Freely and without any mental reservation. Freely and without any mental reservation. Or purpose of evasion. Or purpose of evasion. So help me God. So help me God. Thank you. And please have a seat. And I understand that you help our soldiers become U.S. citizens. Tell me how that process works. Sure. So active duty service members that have entered the military with a resident alien card can automatically become naturalized citizens. And how they would do that is by filling out two forms. There are two forms that must be completed. The N-400, which is the naturalization form, and that information is completed by the service member, and it's all biographical information about the service member. And then the, the N-426 is a form for military records, and that is a combination form in which the service member completes the first part of it, and then the latter part must be certified by an O-6 
or higher. So a battalion commander, 06 or higher. Um, so it cannot be a lieutenant colonel or a captain serving in a battalion commander position. He must be an 06. And so that N426 form and the N400 form are both completed. They're brought into our office. We package it up together and we send it over to USCIS. It gets mailed out. USCIS will then do their their part, um, and then they will send the soldier in appointment time, in which the service member will have the opportunity will have to have his civic test, and he will have to have um, pass that civic test. And then if he passes that civic test, he or she passes the civic test, then they'll be able to take their oath ceremony. So it's kind of the process in a nutshell. Um, how long does it take? It can take anywhere from six months to two years, depending on the individual's background. Wow. And when you say fill out the forms, now I personally am kind of formulophobic. Do you help them get through that the forms to help understand what it is that's really being asked? Because sometimes the questions on a form can be a little vague. We do help the service member. So we ask the service member to download the forms from the website, fill out the forms to the best of their abilities, obviously their names, their address, where they've lived for the past five years, all that information they would have. And then we do review the forms. They're welcome to come in as many times as they need to for us to sit down and go over the forms with them. And until the form is actually perfected, we don't mail it out because we don't want to delay the process by having incorrect information or the information not filled out correctly. And then you said that there's a test, and I understand that's not that easy of a test. You know, um, it's a civic test, and all of the questions and answers are online. And so USCIS will also give send the service member a little pamphlet so that they can study. And then during that naturalization interview, the USCIS officer will ask them 10 civic questions from that 100 list. And they must correctly answer six of those 10. They do not know which 10 are coming out of those 100. And so obviously they have to study for, they have to study for the exam as if all of the questions are going to be asked. It has got to be very satisfying to you to watch these young men and women achieve this dream. Because when I attended that ceremony, I was, I was uh, wowed. It is, it is, it is very rewarding to see, you know, I think to, to see that, you know, these young and you know, men and women that, that are brave enough to, to join the military, not as U.S. citizens, but as resident aliens where they still have ties to their home country, decide to become naturalized citizens and go through the process and take the oath. It's very moving. Like you said, you were at the last oath ceremony, and it is very moving. How do they begin the process? So they can, they can start the process on their own. Um, they're always welcome to come into our office. When they come into our office to get general information, we have a form that we give them that lists all the information, like the, the website that they would go to and the forms that they need to complete. But the website is uscis.gov. And so that's the website they would go to to download the N-400 and the N-426. And those two forms are on that website. There is a USCIS.com website, and there are other websites out there that will charge you for the forms. But all forms are free on the USCIS.gov website. So if someone is, char- is being charged for a form, it's, they're at the wrong website. So don't, don't pay for those forms. They're free. Um, this is a free process, by the way. The service member does not pay the filing fee. Um, most civilians would have to pay the $565 filing fee. Uh, service members do not pay the filing fee. Now, the... F- the- last ceremony that was here on post 
Tell me about how that came to become, because I remember that they've been throughout the state before. So how did it? How did you guys work to get this one here? So I've been I've been trying to collaborate with USCIS for years now. Um, a lot of our service members either are very young and so don't have reliable transportation to get them to Kansas City, which is the nearest field office, and so they would have to either uh, get command to to you know get them there or have transportation in some other way. Um, we would sometimes, you know, um, try to group these service members together so they can all ride together for the interview. And so what we ended up doing is coming to agreement with USCIS that they would travel here. And so they um, they traveled here for the first time back in March, I believe, was their first O ceremony, and it was very successful. So they've decided that they have enough service members that they're going to be traveling to do O ceremonies if not once a month, then quarterly. And so that's where we're at now. Also, our service members are not having to travel to um, Kansas City to do the oath ceremony, to do the interview. We're now doing um, video teleconference interviews. And so they come into our office. So the service member used to have to take two hours, you know, take that whole day of leave because they would have to drive two hours to Kansas City, take their exam, and then drive home. It would take them away from, obviously, their duty day and these other obligations. Now they just come into our office 10 minutes before their interview. They interview for 40 minutes, and then at that, at that point, they'll be told by the USCIS officer whether or not they're going to be um, recommended for approval or denial. Um, if they are recommended for denial, then a letter will come in the mail as to why they were denied. If they were recommended for approval, then more than likely they will be on our next month's oath ceremony list. And so it was, it's a collaboration with USCIS. It is part of their outreach program. Um, we've been working for a while, and then COVID hit, and so everything was at a standstill, and now we were able to bring it once, once COVID kind of died down. So when is the next ceremony scheduled? So I don't have a date for the next ceremony yet. Um, it is based on how many. So, so yesterday we had um, nine people interview. Um, on the 15th, we have, I think, another nine people that are going to interview. And it just depends on how many pass is when they will determine the, the O ceremony, when they will come. Now, if a service member does not pass, do they have an option to re-interview and retest? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They, they do have an option to retest and re-interview. Perfect. Is there anything that you would tell a soldier who might be thinking about this but is a little nervous to take that first step? I don't know what you're waiting for. <laughs> I mean, you've already done the hardest thing, which is joining the military. Um, the rest is just, you know, I think, I think one of the most intimidating things might be the civic test. But again, like I said, all of the questions are online and all of the answers are online. So it just becomes a matter of, you know, um, memorization, I guess, at that point. We are available, you know, the legal assistance office. We're one of the few legal assistance offices throughout the installation that has an immigration attorney. They can call the 785-239-3117. That is our direct line. Or they can always come in in person. Thank you for listening to Fort Riley, the podcast. Oh, say can you see by-